0: What's going on, everybody? So Kyler Murray is uh, demanding a, a contract via his agent and a very difficult to read letter. Also, the NFL combine is starting. We got a lot to talk about here on a live edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Your team, every day. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? It is the Locked what's On up? NFL podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us and for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Every day, as always, we appreciate you very much for making us a part of your day. And it is Tuesday here on the Locked On NFL podcast with our rolling band of rebels and rogues. Today, you've got Luke Braun <laughs> at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, daily host of Locked On Vikings podcast, myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter, daily host of Locked On Saints. We're here to bring you some NFL news today, of course, as we mm-hmm. love to do on Tuesdays. Luke, I want to start off with Kyler Murray. You mentioned the uh, kind of hard to read letter, but I still think that the things yeah. that needed to come across came across.
0: Yeah, please uh, learn how to kern better. I beg of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it's very much, it seems to me, based on that letter and the way Ian Rappaport has talked about things, it's, of course, it's a money issue and it's a, le- a leverage issue, but this is how negotiations go. You make it look like it's not going well to see if you can't eke an extra cent out of them. Um, but it seems like, I mean, it, Kyler Murray in that letter was very clear. I want to be the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. I want to win right. a Super Bowl here. I love the fans. I love everybody. Keep me here and you know pay me what I'm worth. But I thought really interestingly, uh, Kyler Murray's agent in that letter said that they want – a contract that keeps the 2022 cap hit reasonable so that they can bring back other key free agents and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's an interesting thing for an agent to put into his contract. And there are definitely ways to do that without shorting Kyler Murray any money. That's not a Tom Brady, I'll just take you know a $15 million deal and play well below market kind of vibe. It's more, let's do this and make sure that we're restructuring it responsibly so that the salary cap is still healthy um, and you're not in a situation where you have to let everybody else go.
1: Yeah. And this makes a, a ton of sense in terms of how you look to team build around these players and around these young quarterbacks, right? They were trying to maximize everything that they could around him while he was on a rookie deal. And we know that when it comes down to Kyler Murray, there are those things that they can do to extend him, keep him in the building, keep him as a part of the franchise and continue to build around him. It's just going to take a little bit of extra work. And it sounds like Kyler Murray wants that. He just wants to be paid while doing it. Surprise, surprise, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Right. And So a move of releasing a letter like that just kind of feels like a negotiation tactic because it makes – it puts pressure on the Cardinals who have a media appearance coming up at the Combine and now they have to decide how they're going to to deal with it and that pressure – Makes them, you know, that much more likely to agree to this or that parameter or whatever the actual, you know, point of conflict is in a negotiation. Um, but negotiations also take time. This isn't something where both parties sit down and go, all right, what do you think? Like, uh, 35 million a year? Sound good to you? Sound good to me? All right, let's go get chilies, Like, it doesn't work that way. It, it, there's always going to be something, and it's not a contentious dynamic at all. There's always going to be something. The team wants this, the player wants that, and we kind of have to stare at each other for a while until somebody backs down or somebody finds a way to say, well, I won't give you that, but I will give you this. And right. I, that's just how it goes. It's how all negotiations go, NFL or otherwise.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't make a I feel God in this Chili's tonight reference, so I just want to make sure that I say that. <laughs> um I do think that, like, there is precedent here, right? In terms of getting this contract long term deal done before the fourth NFL season and all that. Kyler Murray, eligible for that extension, would be a little early. Like, a lot of teams would generally do it right before the fifth year option or something like that if it were a first rounder. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeting out earlier today Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff. Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill all got long-term deals before their fourth year. And Kyler Murray is the only player in NFL history with 70 touchdown passes and 20 rushing touchdowns in the first three seasons. So when we talk about this and we talk about like the leverage game and the negotiating game and all this, it's pretty clear that Kyler Murray does deserve that long-term contract, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, I have seen some people kind of say, yeah, but like they've always been kind of 500 and is he really that good and all that stuff? Wh- mm-hmm. What I see is wh- when I'm answering this question is, you know, can this guy be dynamic enough to take you to a Super Bowl? And I think that's unquestionably, I think he can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's only in his third year. He's already accomplished a bunch of those things. There's a lot of dynamic production, but on a more common sense level, I, against my team, I watched this dude convert fourth and tens when the with his mm-hmm. back on, the, you know. Back against the wall, game on the line. And we've seen that kind of thing from Kyler Murray for a while. And I think if – I mean, if you are on defense and it's 4th and 10, Daniel Jones is back there, you're not feeling that that scared. If Kyler Murray's back there, anything can happen, especially once he gets out of the pocket and all that stuff. The arm is good. The runaround is good. Um, The the ability to just – Find the concept, go through his progressions. All that stuff is is good. If not Kyler Murray, what are you holding out for is kind of the way I I see it. And the Cardinals are going to do it. Like, they're going to do it. Come on. It's just a matter of what the the amount is. And that's going to take a little while. And they have a little while to give for that. So, yeah, they're going to take their time and stare each other down and see if they can't get the best deal possible. Both sides are going to try to do that. That's how it works.
1: This feels a lot like the conversation we were having about – it feels similar to the conversation we we're having around Dak Prescott last off season, right? Yeah. Like, There's all this conversation around, will they, won't they, is he, is he not, are they going to get the deal done? Is he going to get the deal? All that. And the answer is, yeah, probably like they're going to get this done. Like they're yeah. not going to lose their franchise quarterback who they believe is their franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we've seen how, let's just say loose, Uh, a guy like Cliff Kingsbury can be at the quarterback position before, right? Then they drafted Josh Allen or Josh Rosen right before. And then, you know, he comes, he takes over, he drafts Kyle Murphy. Yeah. And then they move on from him. Like (laughs) if they didn't want the guy, they would move on from the guy. It seems like, you know what I mean? And is this the draft class when it comes to the NFL draft? That's going to produce the guy that's going to make you say, I don't want to have Kyler Murray anymore. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, the the decision is not about, you know, do I want Kyler Murray versus Josh Allen or blah, 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 or who do I want instead? of It's do I want to be tied to a world where Kyler Murray is my quarterback and there's nothing I can do about that? Do I feel safe in that world? And and I think you can because I think Kyler Murray can show up to a game with, with the league's greatest, even if you don't think he belongs among them. He can show up to a game to the league's greatest and steal one. Um, right. and, and I think that's that's what's important. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be favored on that game. And if you think that the Kyler Murray-led Cardinals can pull a couple upsets, maybe finish better in the NFC West, go bet it at betonline.net. You can bet on everything. There's no football going on right now, but you can bet on NFL draft props if you're really into that. You can bet on basketball, um, you can bet on hockey. Maybe they'll play a baseball game someday. And you can bet <laughs> oh, on that gosh. when that happens. Um, there's golf, tennis. MMA, even your favorite Vegas casino games. They got a player props builder that's really great that you can build all your weird fancy parlays and get really, really granular with it. I think there's probably some edges to be had there if you're a real sharp. Um, there's also their live betting app so you can kind of feel a game out as it goes. It's great stuff at betonline.net where the game
1: starts. All right, everybody, we are rolling right along here with today's episode of Locked On NFL. Thanks so much for being here with us and making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well, which is where we are. This is actually a live show for the Let's time go. at this moment. So this is our, our first time doing a live show, uh, Luke and I. I will tell you, I already want to do it again. I'm already ready to do it again. So, Let's do it. So the best way to keep up with it is to make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL YouTube page for daily content around uh, your favorite teams, as well as, of course, your favorite league, the NFL. And one of the big pieces coming up for the NFL is, of course, going to be the NFL Combine. Luke, I fly out tomorrow morning, heading to Indianapolis, going to be there for yes. coaches, GMs, all that stuff Tuesday and Wednesday, some prospect stuff on Wednesday as well. So we get a lot, and it's all going to be coming down to Uh, What people are most excited about, though, maybe isn't necessarily where the modern day GM or the modern day team is looking at in terms of the importance of the NFL Combine. Uh, We're hearing that for some new GMs, one Mm. that you might know (laughs) pretty well yourself, uh, that drills might not be the thing anymore. What can you tell us about the way that this new GM is looking at the, uh, the NFL Combine?
0: Yeah, well, you're hinting at Kwesi D'Alfa who mm-hmm. did an interview with the Vikings Entertainment Network, and they asked him about the Combine, and he had some interesting things to say about how, like, yeah, we're not really that focused on, like, the 40 times or the drills or any of that stuff, because if we want to measure someone's speed or agility, we've got player tracking data. We can measure them on the field. And I, I don't actually think he said he talked about the tracking data, but I think that is kind of what he was getting at. But he said, mm-hmm. I mean, look, you have you watch this dude do the thing that you're going to ask him to do for three years. Right. You watched him play the position, Right. How much are you really gonna wait him getting into shorts and sprinting 40 yards down the field? Yeah. Um, because you watched him if he if he was a wide receiver and he ran a go route, you watched him sprint to 40 in pads and everything in the game and compare that to how everybody else does it. And you can get a more accurate model. Um and I think that's a big reason. I think what we've got to talk about is that the Rams are like kind of not going. They're like ba- and look, who are what draft picks do they even have? So maybe they just are gonna right. say, <laughs> home on draft picks, right? anyways. Uh, but it's also like What's useful? What what can right. they glean at that combine? And I think there are answers to this question, but I, I think it's time we rethink what the combine is for. It's not for, you know, and, and even if you aren't there, everybody can look up the times online, that the 40 times and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And like, I will tell you that, like, from my experience as somebody that's attending as media, I- I, you can't go and like actually watch the drills. It's only the NFL teams that go and watch the drills. But otherwise, you're either watching from the workroom or you're watching from your hotel room. And I think regardless of whether or not you're there to see it happen or if you're not, you st- like you said, you still get the information. The interesting thing is that – so during Super Bowl Radio Row, when we were there that week in Los Angeles, I, I went to the Zebra Technologies press conference. Yeah. And and I talked to Troy Vincent, who of course is VP, and I think he's going to be a future commissioner if they can ever, you know, if Roger Goodell ever goes somewhere else. And so one of the things that they that they talked about quite a bit was how the combine will be changing. Moving forward. And one of the things that when I asked Troy Vincent about is Zebra technology going to be in there and talk, you know, he's going to be a part of what's happening with the combine. He talked a little bit about combine reimagined is what he called it. Troy Vincent did. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he he specifically references changes to offensive line and defensive line drills and trying to find. What are the, and this is where player tracking, as you mentioned, gets really, really, really finite and helpful. Because what we see in terms of player tracking on the public side is how fast this person ran and Mm -hmm. what the you know average depth of target was on a throw and all Mm -hmm. these other things. But what the NFL gets is way, way more intricate. How often did this person start off with their plant leg being their left leg versus their right leg? So that in practice you can shift them over to the opposite side and then get them equal work on both sides of their body so that they don't end up straining a left hamstring when they, you know, because they're overworking, stuff like that, right? So like it gets really, really, really intricate. And one of the things that they can do is take a look at what are the four or five most um, used moves by a guy like Aaron Donald or uh, you know, other, you know, and Sue other really great interior defensive linemen and how can they replicate that in drills so that they're actually seeing things that would translate from the field, or excuse me, from these drills to the field as opposed to the 40 times and the short shuttles and things like that. And so it's interesting to already see the way that people like the Vikings general manager and, and, and the Rams and, and folks that are looking at these drills and they're kind of going, it's not really about the drills for us. The way that they're looking at that, and then the way that the NFL is trying to respond by changing to maybe better match the need with what those drills actually supply.
0: And that's really at at the crux of it is the need, where Mm -hmm. we we are asking, what is this for? Like, what is the combine for? And it's for, I think, more than just draft player evaluation. We'll talk about that, I think, coming up next. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, we're just trying to figure out, like, who's the best athlete? And if right. you compare like Kwesi's comments to Rick Spielman, who he replaced, Rick mm-hmm. Spielman loved the drills and they had all sorts of athleticism thresholds that like, if you didn't get this good of a three cone, we're not India. And right. if you didn't get, you know, this good of whatever, like we're not India. Um, and they would actually use that as a deal breaker to take players off their board and kind of whittle things down. And uh, it seems like the, we're the, the Vikings have adopted a uh, a plan that's, maybe antithetical to that and I wonder how many other teams are going in that same direction but it's it's about taking what you have and finding a better way to do it speaking of if you have to get your car fixed and you have you're going to take that thing into a mechanic and they're going to tell you uh seven different parts that you need and they're going to charge you three times as much for all of them and you don't know the difference that's not a good situation you don't want that uh, instead, head to RockAuto.com. When you know what part you need, most of the t- time, you can just get that part delivered right to your door. Bring it to the mechanic and say, "Ah, can I pay just- for the labor?" And you're going to save a buck. So why, why pay 30% more, 50% more, even 100% more? Why do that? when you could just go to rockauto.com, enter your make, your year, and your model, so they're making sure that they're getting a part that's compatible with your car, get that delivered to your door, whatever supplies, from motor oil to a tire kit or like other essentials, jumper cables, stuff you wanna have in your car, you can get whatever at rockauto.com. Make sure you let them know in the How You Heard About Us section that Locked On sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection,
1: reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, everybody, we are wrapping up this episode of Locked on NFL. Thanks again, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Glad to be here with you live on YouTube later on the podcast. No matter what, you're going to be getting all of this NFL news all up in your face. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about here, just expanding a little bit more on the NFL Combine, is what teams are actually looking for at the Combine, right? We're talking about some teams that want the drills, some teams that don't necessarily care about the drills. So what are the things that are most important when it comes to the NFL Combine? And then I want to highlight a couple of players to watch as we get closer and closer to this as well.
0: Yeah, and of course, we got to talk about some of the hottest prospects here. So very quickly... Um, I think there is something to getting your position coach to work with the player and going, you know, having somebody able to come down and just like watch that dude go through a drill and just see how they respond to certain things. And it's a workout. and It's a chance to meet them and talk to them. Um, and, and I don't know. I think there's something intangible and measurable, but I think there's something to being able to get into a room with a kid and say, can I work with you? Or do you seem completely insane? Like there is that right. that red I, – I, I would call it like a red flag check is what you would do in like a corporate hiring environment when you have 15 minutes to talk to a person to make sure that they're not the Unabomber. Um, so th- that's part of it. Right. And I also think, look, every team, every agent, all these front office people, all in the same city wheels are getting grease. All right. This right, is right. So it's a right. bit of a, it's a bit of a news week. And I think yeah. that's what makes the combine most fun for me is this is where things start to leak and you start to hear like, Ooh, you know, so-and-so is thinking about trading with whatever. And that's fun to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of this, when it comes down to that sort of like backdoor dealing stuff that happens during the combine, you start to learn like Players that are on the team. Allegedly. Yes, 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 yes. The, <laughs> the unofficial things. And you start to learn and hear these whispers, and let's just call them rumors, about players yeah. that are on teams that the players don't actually like, and so they're kind of trying to shop them throughout the, the, the combine, or, you know, players that are... Teams that are interested in players from other you know clubs or you know the real interest for draft and things like that like there's a lot of all of these things that end up happening that you hear whispers of all throughout that are allegedly happening throughout the NFL Combine. So it's not just about the prospects. It's not just about what happens mm-hmm. in the drills in the interview room. It's it's about what happens in the hallways. It's about what happens in the elevators. It's about what happens in those other places as well. Uh, which is always yeah. my favorite part about the Combine. Which is why I'm excited to be there because hopefully I get to pick yeah. up. On some of that stuff and then bring it back to the show
0: um just hang out at a hotel bar and see who drunkenly <laughs> lets uh, secrets slip away that's right but that's i need right. you to tell me who are you excited to watch
1: Okay. So I think let's start with the quarterbacks because obviously quarterbacks are going to be drawing a lot of attention. There is an interesting thing going on with the quarterback class this year. It doesn't seem to be like a consensus number one guy like there usually would when it comes down to uh, the NFL draft. And so, you know, usually you have that guy, the Trevor Lawrence, the, you know, sometimes you get your Justin Herberts and stuff like that, that end up pushing and all, but in this class, it doesn't really feel like there's a consensus number one guy, but The Senior Bowl week helped a guy like Malik Willis, for instance. Kenny Pickett coming out of Pitt, he was effectively what you expected – and then guys like Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter are all kind of you know fighting for their, their placement within the draft as well. We'll see how much positional value ends up creeping in and actually being a factor when it comes to all of this. But the thing to know is that Malik Willis is going to throw, but then there are going to be other folks that aren't, like let's say Matt Corral, for instance, out of Mississippi, mm-hmm. who's not going to throw. He's still rehabbing from the ankle injury that he suffered in the bowl game. So he's going to throw at the pro day as opposed to the NFL combine. He's only been back to throwing two weeks now at this point. So Malik Willis is going to be a big one to watch. I think people are going to be interested in how he tests, but more importantly, the position drills, his throws, the things that he's doing in those kind of like on-field drills, as opposed to the the combine drills, like the 40, the three cone, the short shuttle, things like that, vertical, all those things. Those things won't be as important, but getting a look at him throwing the ball and seeing his ball velocity, seeing his accuracy, seeing all of those pieces, I think is going to be huge for him.
0: And there's a lot that goes into that decision with prospects. And I think that's that helps me understand a lot about where a prospect is. Is like, okay, Malik Willis is throwing. That means he has something to prove. Um, and yes. he, he, wa- he feels as though, or his camp feels as though, he is not getting as much, hype around his arm talent and he should be getting more. So he's going to go throw at the combine, hopefully throw well. Um and then somebody who isn't going to throw doesn't have anything to prove or they think that if they do throw it could go bad and it will hurt their stock more than it'll help it. It's all strategic. And mm-hmm. I, it goes back it makes me think about Teddy Bridgewater and his pro day it was his infamous thing in oh, the 2014 right. yeah. cycle.
1: Yeah.
0: The, the because he threw without his gloves and that's why they called him Teddy Two Gloves. Um, and he didn't have to throw throughout most of that pre-draft process. He was seen as a possible number one overall pick, um, after I think Jadevian Clowney was in that class. So at like a, a, or a, you know, a top five guy, like an upper echelon quarterback. Um, and he threw at his pro day. He didn't wear gloves for whatever reason. And so he, his throws were all off and all all over the place. And Zach. He was totally messed up, and he was like, yeah, the grip was wrong. Something was bad, and I I shouldn't have done that, right? But because he was bad at his pro day, he fell all the way from possibly – he could have been the Jaguars pick instead of Bortles that year. Like right. possibly third overall, he fell all the way down to thirty-two, where the Vikings ended up getting him. He fell all the way out of the almost out all the way out of the first round, right? Because of that decision. So these are really, really important decisions that quarterbacks are made or that that every player is making. Am I going to do the three cone, or am I known as a guy who's super explosive, and I don't have to prove that? Um, mm-hmm. And that that str- strategy, how players approach that. I think gives us a window into where their heads are at and what kind of player you're looking at. You know, a, a speedy wide receiver that isn't running the 40. Okay, his speed is probably good. I can probably take that to the bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a big piece of all of it and to, to get a look at that. So that's over on the offensive side, right, with the big quarterbacks. But I think the person that's going to steal the combine this year is where I want to go here to wrap up the show. And that's going to be University of, Tennessee, excuse me, University of Texas San Antonio cornerback Tariq Woolen. Uh, six foot four, 200 pounds, ran reportedly a four two flat in training. And remember the record what? right now. Yeah. Remember the record right now is uh, John Ross at four two two, but John Ross, not six foot four. <laughs> and so last year we had a guy, Eric Stokes right? The, uh, the guy, Eric Stokes out of Georgia who ran that four three mm-hmm. and everybody got really excited and it helped to lift him into the first round in terms of conversation and stuff like that, heading into the draft. He you know, began to pick up more of that first round steam and all eventually going to the Packers. I think Tariq Woolen could potentially be that guy who you're not seeing mocked in the first round right now, but after his pro day, when he's going to jump out of the building, when he's going to run faster than everybody, you know, than any human has run before in the 40 yard dash potentially and all of that. I think that those things, things are going to be the ones that end up really propelling him into that first round conversation starting next week and he's going to be one of those big risers along with a guy like Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State who's going to be a you know a talented edge rusher who's mm-hmm. going to run probably 4-4 or something like that as an edge rusher which is going to be insane like those guys are the ones that I'm really excited to see over in the defensive side that I think are going to dominate the combine from those testing numbers for teams that still very much care about those.
0: And the, the, that's not consensus. Like right. teams do not like some teams think that that's it and they've got all their like a lot of analytics departments will have models that are built off of these numbers, mm-hmm. um, be it pro day or or whatever, that then are supplemented with player tracking data where it's applicable. But otherwise, you're, you're training models on these numbers and that's going to inform boards. And some teams don't care about any of that. And they just kind of say, eh, we're going to have our scouts do the scout thing. Um, right. And so wh- wherever you fall, there's probably a team that agrees with you. And so right. I think part of this is just deciding as we get through the combine, how much do I care about these numbers um, however, I always find it fun to watch the drills because you're not really mm-hmm. measuring how well a wide receiver does the gauntlet or something like that, but you can still kind of look, you know, did they stay straight on the line or did they have some drift to them? You know, did they drop right. any, all that stuff? How are their eyes? How is, how is their fluidity, their hip motion, all that stuff? Mm. You can just watch it. And I, I find that kind of fun cause I get to play scout fantasy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual numbers themselves, like try not to get too bogged down in them. Although, of course, we're going to have somebody that does 40 bench press reps and that's going to get a big headline and that'll be fun. Yeah. If you want to really try to play it like you're an NFL team, watch the drills and see what you can find that differentiates one prospect from the next.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a blast. Very excited for the NFL combine because after the NFL combine very quickly comes the NFL draft, which very quickly mm-hmm. means that we get the free agency or actually we get the free agency in between those two. We're only a couple of weeks away yeah. from free agency. Free agency, A couple
0: of weeks away. Yeah.
1: And then before we know it, we're back in training camp and we're doing all this all over again. So I'm super, super excited for the fact that we're here and I'm looking forward to that scouting combine next week. And, uh, you know, yeah, looking forward to being able to keep you up to date with it here on uh, On NFL as we go through.
0: Yeah. And tomorrow on the show, uh, Tony and James are going to come around, get you all squared away with whatever you need to know about whatever's going on. I have a feeling um, we're going to have Tuesday always happens to have a little bit of news with a certain former punters show. So maybe they'll they'll talk about that or whatever else is going on. And, of course, NFL draft stuff on Wednesdays every time as well. That will be tomorrow on the Locked On NFL podcast. Until then, I'm Luke Braun uh, of Locked On Vikings here with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. We will see you all next time here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.